Thank you for joining us today. For more information about the church, campus locations, service times, and more, visit ecoegt.com. Also, stay in touch with us on social media by liking us on Facebook and following us on Instagram, at ecoegt. Now let's repair our hearts as we go into the message. All right, all right. Hey, let's go back to our seats this evening. Listen, I got, uh, before we dive into the message tonight, I got a quick word that I think uh, is for somebody this evening, and I feel like this is, uh, could be a little prophetic word to somebody's life tonight. I don't know if anybody's feeling stressed in life, but um, the Lord reminded me of something, and uh, in, in our house, and our family, it, my, my wife and I, I mean, we don't, we're not allowed to allow each other to make the statement, I'm so stressed. So I want you to take that out of your vocabulary because here's what the word from God is tonight. You're not stressed, you're just being stretched. Come on, you're just being stretched in this season. And stress and stretching, they feel a lot like the same. And if you allow your problem uh, to, to get full view of your life, you will be stressed. Come on, somebody. You're not stressed, you're stretched. Amen? So that's all I got. Hey, turn with me to first. Corinthians, and as you're turning to 1 Corinthians chapter 12, I'm going to read a joke. Uh, now listen, I didn't pick this joke tonight. Uh, uh, I, I got a buddy that picked it, so here we go. We're shooting from the hip tonight. Uh, the, the 2000, there's a 2,000 member church and was filled to overflowing capacity one Sunday morning. The preacher was ready to start the sermon when two men dressed in long black coats and black hats entered through the rear of the sanctuary. One of the two men walked in the middle of the church while the other stayed in the back of the church. They both then reached in their coats and, and drew weapons. The one in the middle announced, everyone willing uh, to die for Jesus, stay in your seats. Naturally, the pews emptied, followed by the choir. The deacons ran out the door, the, the, followed by the choir director and the assistant pastor. After a few moments, there were about 20 people left sitting in the church. The preacher was holding steady to the pulpit. The men put their weapons away and said gently to the preacher, All right, pastor, the hypocrites are gone now. You may begin your service. Come on. Y'all didn't know where that was going. And as I was reading it, I didn't know where it was going either uh, before service. I said, oh, that's kind of funny, you know. Hey, anyways, 1 Corinthians chapter 12. We're continuing our sermon series on the book of, of 1 Corinthians, and we've been talking on the spiritual gifts, and pastor's been, been talking about the list that it lists right here, and we're going to read it, but it talks about all the spiritual gifts, and we've been diving into what each of those spiritual gifts is. So uh, let's read, remember verse 1 through 11, just to refresh our memory. We haven't uh, preached one of these sermons in Corinthians in a, in a couple weeks, so it's good to get our, our remembrance going. It says this, now dear brothers and sisters, regarding your question about the special abilities the Spirit gives us, I don't want you to misunderstand this. You know that when you were still pagans, you were led astray and swept along in worship in worshiping speechless idols. So I want you to know that no one speaking by the Spirit of God will curse Jesus, and no one can say Jesus is Lord except the Holy Spirit. There are different kinds of spiritual gifts, 
but the same spirit is the source of them all. There are different kinds of service, but we serve the same Lord. God works in different ways, but it is the same God who does the work in all of us. A spiritual gift is given to each of us so that we can help each other. To one person, the Spirit gives the ability to give wise advice. To another, the same Spirit gives a message of knowledge. The same Spirit gives great faith to another and to someone else. The, and, and to someone else, the one Spirit gives the gift of healing. He gives one person to perform uh, the power to perform miracles and another ability to prophesy. He gives another, or he gives someone else the ability to discern whether a message is from the Spirit of God or from another spirit. Now, here's where we're going to be tonight. So another person is given the ability to speak in unknown languages, while another is given the ability to interpret what is being said. It is the one and only Spirit who, di who distributes all these gifts. He alone decides which gift each person should get. Let's pray. Father, I thank you for the word. I pray that tonight, God, that the, the word that I'm about to, to bring will be freshly breathed, God, from your heart tonight. God, we open up our hearts and our minds and our ears to hear what it is that you're speaking and saying to us tonight. God, I, I pray, God, you stretch our faith in this room this evening. And everybody said, Amen. Now, now, one thing that Paul is trying to get across here in 1 Corinthians 12 is this idea that there are different gifts but the same Spirit. That, that there are different gifts that, that, the, that the Spirit of God gives to the church, but they all come from the same Spirit. Paul's making a distinction here. Because the implication of 1 Corinthians 12 was that the church at Corinth was, was in essence looking at the difference of gifts and creating a hierarchy in the church of going, hey, I have this gift and you have that gift and my gift is better than yours. See, I can lay my hands on the sick and they're healed, but you just pray in this crazy language that nobody understands, and my gift is better than your gift. And so there was a hierarchy in the church at Corinth, and so Paul is trying to make sure that they understand, man, there are different gifts, and that there is, there is unity in this diversity, but understand, all of these gifts come from the same spirit. Now, as, you, as, as we get further along in 1 Corinthians 12, you're going to see uh, where, where Paul begins to, to bring about this idea of unity with the gifts into the local church. He's going to talk about, and, and later on in the chapter, about, about we're all a part of the same body. And yeah, one of us might be an arm, one of us might be a foot, one of us might be a hand, an eye, but we all make up the same, the same body. In fact, in, in verse 27, uh, in chapter 12, Paul says, all of you together are Christ's body, and each of you is a part of it. Yeah. Now, this is under the context of the gifts operating in the local church. 
Now, yes, we, we understand that, that we are the body of Christ and, and that, that some of us have different operations in the church, but I don't want us to miss the, the essential meaning that, that all of the gifts that are listed are meant to be and needed to be a part of the local church for the local church, the body of Christ, to function properly. What he's saying is, 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 is that, that we need these differences of gifts for us to fully operate and serve each other the way that God desires us to serve one another. You see, the gifts of the Spirit are equalizers in the body of believers. The gifts of the Spirit are not there for us to go man, look at me and look how, look, look how a spiritual I am and look how unspiritual this person is. You know, they ain't ever prophesied. You know, I prophesy all the time. And it's not meant to be this, 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 this trophy in which we carry. It's the gifts of the Spirit are actually there to equalize us as the body of believers. What did verse 7 say? A spiritual gift is given to each of us so that we can help each other. Why does God give some the gift of healing to help someone else? Why does God give someone the gift to prophesy to help? someone else why does God give the gift of the word of knowledge and the gift of faith to help someone else the purpose of the gifts are not to puff us up the purpose of the gifts are there that we might serve and love our neighbor and the world more efficiently and better than what we are by ourselves it is actually the gifts are actually divine empowerment to love the way that God loves and serve the way that God has served us. We're given the gifts not as showiness to ourselves, but rather to edify the body. All of the gifts and operation in the local church, and we're going to talk about it in a minute. Listen, they are there to edify the body. If the gifts are not building up the body, edifying the body, they are either uh, being misused or maybe even a false experience in itself. Because the gifts of the Holy Spirit are there to build up and to help each other. You know, I, I was wondering, man, why is it that God chose to use supernatural gifts in the midst of believers? Like, why couldn't God just do like he did with the Israelites and, and have a, a, a cloud by day and a pillar of fire by night? Like, why couldn't he just literally show us and have manna physically fall from heaven like he did in the Old Testament? But, but now he's chosen to display the supernatural through believers, through the expression of the gifts of the Spirit. Because this, the gifts of the Spirit reveal fresh revelation of the nature of God. 
See, when we operate in the gifts of the Spirit, every time someone's healed, every time there's a prophecy given, every time that there's a message of tongues, every time that, that there's a gift of faith in operation or a word of knowledge in operation, it's always an invitation to knowing more about who God is and more about His nature. See, God is a God that, that desires us to be, or desires us to seek after him, and he desires to be sought after. And so the gifts of the Spirit are an invitation into seeing his nature revealed in a greater reality. See, the gift of wisdom reveals that, when it's an operation, reveals that God is the all-knowing. He's the all-knowing God. When the word of knowledge is an operation, it reveals that God knows the deep secrets in the hearts and minds of individuals. When the gift of faith is an operation, it reveals that, that God is the God of the impossible and that all things are possible with God. When the gift of prophecy happens, it reveals that God has a purpose for the future of the person being prophesied to and knows what is to come. The gift of discernment reveals that God hasn't left us to figure it out on our own, but that he wants to lead us. He wants to guide us. See, the gifts of the Spirit reveal fresh revelation of the nature of God. Why do we need the gifts of the Holy Spirit in operation in the local church? Why do you need to ask God, God, what gift have you given me in the list of the gifts? Because it says to each one of us, he's given us a gift. And I'm not talking, I'm not talking about talent. I'm not talking about the ability to play an instrument. I'm not talking about the ability to, to sing good. I'm not talking about the ability to communicate real well. I'm talking about gifts of the Spirit that are supernatural. Or we can't do it in our own. God has a gift for each of us. And, and through our exploration of those gifts in the local church, it, we will see a fresh revelation of who God is. As the body of Christ has the gifts of the Spirit in operation in our midst, there will be a greater revelation of God's power, a greater revelation of His love, a greater revelation of His might and church I need you to hear this. We need the gifts of the Spirit in operation today. We need it today. If you don't think we need the gifts of the Spirit, you're in the wrong church because this is a church that believes in the gifts of the Spirit. This is a church that, that wants to encourage every individual to unlock the gifts of the Spirit that God has put inside of us. We need the gifts of the Spirit in operation. However, the gifts will only operate in the church if we operate in the gifts. This church will only be a Pentecostal church if we operate in the gifts. This church will only be a Pentecostal church if you and I are Pentecostal as individuals. And so what happens a lot of times is 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 People, we are attracted to Pentecost. 
We're attracted to the feelings. We're attracted to the goosebumps in worship. We're attracted. We like when people prophesy to us, but here's what I want you to know. If the next generation and the generation that is current does not prophesy, does not uh, uh, become Pentecostal themselves, a generation will die out and Pentecost will cease and it'll be just emotion. See, we're not Pentecostal because we raise our hands. We're not Pentecostal because we shout. We're not Pentecostal because we dance and we get happy. We're Pentecostal because we believe and we desire and need the gifts of the Holy Spirit in operation of the church. I see some people looking back like deer in headlights. You mean I have to, you, you're saying like you want me to partake in this? Yes, it is a gift that God is giving and that he is calling us to. It's not just to be operated in a church service. It's meant to be when you're at your job where you can begin to give somebody a word from God and just say, listen, God says this about you. He says this about your life. He loves you. He hasn't forgotten about you. It's about using the gifts to relay the love of God. To the people around us. I want you to write this down. The church will only see the gifts in operation if I operate in the gifts that God has given me. I want you to write down. Put it in your phone. Whatever you got to do. But I, I want, we got to, I, I have to understand this in my life. I have to understand that, that if I want to, to see a church remain Pentecostal beyond my life, I got to be willing to say I'm going to step out. In faith, into greater, in, into uh, the gifts. If the church will only see the gifts in operation, if I operate in the gifts that God has given me. You know, so often uh, I, I've thought of this, and and maybe I'm answering my own question here, but but uh, you know, I've thought, you know, why is it that? That there's these great miracles happen in Africa and great miracles happen in Central America and, and in Asia and in Europe and in Cuba. Just last week we hear what God's doing in Cuba in the midst of the persecution. And we say, God, why are you doing it there but you're not doing it here? See, a church can only see the miraculous when they are stepping out and operating in the miraculous. You only see sick people healed if you pray for the sick. Come on. We only see uh, a prophetic word given if we step out and we give it. See, oftentimes we're waiting for someone else to operate in the gifts when God is waiting for us to operate in them. And pastor's been going through the different gifts of the Spirit. And tonight, man, we're going to cap this off of the gifts of the Spirit. And we're going to finish up the list of the gifts of the Spirit with this. The gift of tongues and the interpretation of tongues. Verse 10 says, He gives one person the power to perform miracles and another the ability to prophesy. He gives another, um, so he gives someone else the ability to discern whether a message is from the Spirit of God or from another spirit. Here's where we're at. Still another person is given the ability to speak in unknown languages, while another is given the ability to interpret what is being said. So let's talk on this tonight. The gift of tongues and speaking in tongues. Now let, let's talk first on, 
on uh, the gift of tongues. The gift of tongues is what we see described here, which is what happens in operation of a local congregation. You've seen it happen at Glad Tidings. You've seen it happen probably at other churches where there's a moment in worship or there's an altar time or there's a moment in the service where someone begins to pray in the spirit real loud, louder than just their own speaking in tongues, louder than their own prayer language, but there's actually a message that's coming forth, and it's a, it's a message of tongues where we don't understand it, and then that message is given, and then you hear someone else in the body begin to interpret what that message was. See, the context of 1 Corinthians 12 is, is the gifts operating in the local church. And the gift of tongues is a gift of the Spirit that is used in a corporate setting as a message to the church from God or from the church to God. Now listen, I've only seen the, the second one happen like one other time and it was one of the most holy moments I've ever been in where, where the message of tongues and the interpretation of tongues was actually the, the room was so glued together and pursuing the presence of God together that it was actually a message that the church was lifting up to God. Majority of the time, it's a message that God is giving to the church. This is the, the gift of tongues. Now listen, I don't want you to, to misunderstand or mischaracterize. Um, uh, the gift of tongues is different, same in essence, same in, in, in what it sounds like, but different than speaking in tongues. Speaking in tongues, oftentimes we refer to this as, as our prayer language. We refer to this as, as uh, uh, you know, praying in the Holy Ghost, praying in the Spirit. We believe that every person can, uh, can have and it is available to have a prayer language. But just because you have a prayer language doesn't mean that you have the gift of tongues. See, these are, these are two different things. Ephesians 6.18 Paul writes, pray in the Spirit at all times and on every occasion. Pray in the Spirit at all times and in every occasion. The context of this verse is about speaking in tongues, praying in the Spirit, which is available to every believer for the edification of the individual. It's, it's when I pray in the Spirit, it's building up my faith. When the gift of tongues is in operation, it's building up the faith of everybody in the room. The gift of tongue is there to edify the body, but speaking in tongues is there to edify the individual. Speaking in tongues is given to each believer through the baptism in the Holy Spirit for the personal edification of their spirit. Speaking in tongues... Paul says in Ephesians, is encouraged at all times and in every occasion. He says, man, pray in the Spirit at all, at all times. 
When I'm walking down the road, if you ever see me walking out here, uh, usually if I'm walking one place or another, I'm, I'm just praying in the spirit. I'm, 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 I'm allowing my spirit man to pray and the Holy Spirit to pray through me the perfect will of the Father. If I'm out, uh, one of my favorite things to do is to sit in a hunting stand and, and just, just pray under my breath and I pray in the spirit. And, and don't you know that big old buck just walks right on by? Come on. No, <laughs> that's not how it works all the time. But listen, the, as you pray in the Spirit, it is building up your most holy faith. Now, there are benefits of speaking in tongues. I'm going to give you some studies. This is, this is amazing. It's amazing. These are studies. The data uh, in, in, in one study done where they took people that, that were speaking, believed in speaking in tongues, People that spoke in tongues are associated with a reduction in stress in response to normal stressors and significantly, significantly associated with positive mood and calmness. Isn't that amazing? One study uh, involved nearly 1,000 clergy members of a British evangelical group. The researchers found that the 80% who practiced speaking in tongues had greater emotional stability and less neuroticism. The University of Minnesota did a study on the effects of those that speak in tongues through the practice of glossolalia, which is what it's called, benefited an increased self-confidence when they pray in the Holy Spirit. When speaking in tongues, there was a, de a decrease of activity in the frontal lobes and an increased activity in what's called the third brain. The third brain is where it's believed that some have spiritual experiences. The language areas are in the frontal lobes of the mind. The language that emerged during the state of speaking in tongues was highly structured, filled with clearly articulated phrases, which was a very unusual finding for it suggests that the language was being generated in a different way or possibly from some place other than the normal processing centers of speech. For believers, this experience could be taken as proof that another entity or God had actually spoken through them. Isn't that amazing? Science is just, is just um, uh, uh, agreeing with what we believe. That, that praying in the Spirit is for the edification of the believer. Now listen, there are similarities of the gift of tongues and speaking in tongues. I'm going gonna, I'm gonna, I'm gonna to list the similarities of these two. They sound the same. They sound a lot alike. If, if you're by me in worship, you're probably going to hear me praying in the Spirit. If I was ever to give a gift of tongues, it would probably sound the exact way that I pray on a personal level, but the purpose of it's different. Both of these things happen in moments of corporate gathering. There's a time where, where we all are praying in the Spirit. I encourage you, when you worship, sing in the Spirit, pray in the Spirit. On your, as we're doing it corporately, it is, it, 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 it's a part of our corporate worship. Also, the gift of tongues is a part of our corporate gathering. The third similarity is the Spirit of God 
in both situations is praying through the believer. When we pray in the Spirit, it's we don't understand what we're saying, but we're praying the Spirit of God is praying through us the perfect will of the Father. When there's a gift of tongues that's given, the Spirit of God is praying through the believer. Another similarity, they are same in essence, but they're different in operation. So let's look at the distinctions of the gift of tongues and speaking in tongues. Speaking in tongues edifies a believer, an individual, but the gift of tongues edifies the body. We don't just simply want speaking in tongues without the gift of tongues. Because if you have speaking in tongues, you know, gift of tongues, there's going to be a lot of individuals feeling real good about themselves, but the corporate body is not going to be built up. We don't just want the gift of tongues operating in a service without people speaking in tongues because, because then we get this message, but we don't have it for ourselves as individuals. Chapter 14, and, and, and we're going to talk a lot in the next couple of weeks about the operation of the gifts in the local church. But verses 2 through 5, 1 Corinthians 14 says, For if you have the ability to speak in tongues, you will be talking only to God, since people won't be able to understand you. You'll be speaking by the power of the Spirit, but it will all be mysterious. But one who prophesies strengthens another, encourages them, and comforts them. A, perfin, a person who speaks in tongues is strengthened personally, but one who speaks a word of prophecy strengthens the entire church. I wish you all could speak in tongues, but even more, I wish you all could prophesy. For prophecy is greater than speaking in tongues unless someone, someone interprets what you are saying so that the whole church will be strengthened. What is the purpose? The purpose of the gift of tongues is that, is that the body be built up. The purpose of speaking in tongues is that we will be built up as individuals. If I'm ever having a bad day, if I need clarity on something, I begin to pray in the spirit. Why? Because I know my spirit man needs to be built up. I know that my spirit man needs God to do something. Speaking in tongues is the Holy Spirit praying the will of the Father through a believer. The gift of tongues must always have an interpretation so that it can edify the body. Now with that, we're going to talk on, on the gift of tongues. Now we're going to look at interpretation of tongues. Because the gift of tongues... And interpretation of tongues go hand in hand together. Anthony Thistleton explains the relationship between the gift and interpretation as these two gifts of the Spirit must be considered together since our exegesis and understanding of each relates to our interpretation of the other. Well, what does that mean? The gift of tongues is not fulfilled in its operation until there is a message of tongues. Meaning, we believe that if you have the gift of tongues, or you think you have the gift of tongues, that you also, inside of you, have the interpretation of tongues, 
the gift of interpretation. Why? Because God is not a God of disorder, but if he gave you the gift to speak it, he is faithful to give you the gift to interpret it, to actually build up and edify the body of believers. If you have the gift of tongues, you also have access to the gift to interpret the message in tongues. A gift of tongues in operation without an interpretation is disruptive and it's out of order. If it ever happens, it's, it's, it's disruptive in a service and it's out of order. The gift of tongues can be broken down into two messages. A message to God that is given interpretation of praise, thanksgiving, and prayer, and then a message from God that is given prophetically to a congregation to edify the believers. Now, here's what I want you to see, and I want us to understand this. Why is it so important the gift of tongues is an operation in, in the local church? Wouldn't it just be easier if we just prophesy to people and just give words of knowledge and lay hands on the sick, they get healed? Why don't we just forget the gift of tongues? Because the gift of tongues, notice this, the gift of tongues is a sign for unbelievers. What do you mean? No, biblically, the Bible says, and we'll read the scripture, that, that the a gift of tongues in operation is a sign to unbelievers. Verse 22 in 1 Corinthians 14 says, So you see that speaking in tongues is a sign, not for believers, but for unbelievers. Prophesy, or prophecy, however, is for the gift, is for the benefit of believers, not unbelievers. Isn't that, I, growing up, you know, uh, being a PK and growing up in Pentecost and, and uh, you know, we all have to have our own Pentecostal experience to become Pentecostal. And, and I remember growing up and, and I have friends, I wanted to come to church, you know, and they say, well, I can't come Sunday morning. And I, I'll come Sunday night though. And, you know, to a, to a kid in sixth grade, uh, Sunday night service, you're going, you want to come to Sunday night? We might, we might want to like sneak you in there on a Sunday morning, get, get, get your feet wet a little bit. But Sunday night, man, you're going to have sister so-and-so down, down on the front shaking and speaking in tongues. You have a couple message in tongues, and you're going to have the whole nine yards. And I got nervous because I got, I don't, got, I want to bring them. They don't, they don't know you. I'm going to bring them to church. And God, like, like, this is how you want people to see you? Just a bunch of, like, you know, like, like we're, we're, you know, we're, we're like a big old cereal, you know, a bunch of, bunch of uh, nuts and flakes and, you know, just a whole nine yards, man. God, this is what you want, right? And I was in college, the Lord, I was reading, just doing devotions, and I, I read this, and, and either I believe what the word of God says or I don't. Either I accept it or I don't. And it doesn't matter if I believe that, that, and I feel like this is the best way to get unbelievers' attention, but the scripture says the gift of God isn't, the gift of tongues isn't there for us believers. It's actually there for unbelievers. What am I saying? Don't be ashamed of your Pentecostalness. It's God's witness to unbelievers. 
don't be ashamed of what God is doing in our midst. Why? Because as he's doing it in our midst, he is uh, speaking to the unbeliever's heart. Now let's look. Improper uses of the gift of tongues and interpretation of tongues. Improper uses is when there's a message, but there's no interpretation. An improper use is when the purpose of the message was not to edify the body of believers. A message of tongues doesn't go up and come down to strike somebody. Doesn't go up and then just say, the message is given, well, sister so-and-so's doing this and nobody knows. This is a message from God. No, it's not. That's not what's happening. When the interpretation, another way uh, that, the, that it's improperly used, when the interpretation goes against the teachings of the Bible. If it is contradictory to what the word of God says, that's just the pizza that person ate last night was not the word of God. Another improper use is when it's done in a disruptive manner, in a manner that isn't, in unity, in a moment where maybe in the part of the service, it should not have happened because it, it disrupted what the Spirit of God actually wanted to do. Bring us back to this question. Why do we need the gifts in operation in the local church? Why? Because it reveals to the world that God is with us. It reveals to the world that God is with us. Let's keep reading on, on 1 Corinthians 14, 22 through 25. So you see that speaking in tongues is a sign not for believers, but for unbelievers. Prophecy, however, is for the benefit of believers, not for unbelievers. Even so, if unbelievers or people who don't understand these things come into your church meeting and hear everyone speaking in an unknown language, they'll think you're crazy. But if you're prophesying and unbelievers or people who don't understand these things come into your meeting, they will be convicted of their sin, judged by what you say. As they listen, their secret thoughts will be exposed. They'll fall to their knees and worship God, declaring God is truly here among you. There's a big movement in the church to be seeker-friendly, to, to, to be friendly to those that are in pursuit of of what God says. So we don't want to offend them. We don't want to, to, uh, to, to make them uh, uncomfortable. So we're going to be seeker friendly. And, and, and the question that they often, well, what if people don't come back? And people are scared of what the world will think about the gifts. So then the gifts cease in operation in the local church. Here's my response to that idea. I'd rather people never come back but know that God is with us than people stay and never be convicted of their sin. I would rather people know that God is here at Glad Tidings and there be a hundred people than there be a thousand people full of a room that are stuck in their sin and stuck not getting breakthrough in their marriage and stuck not getting breakthrough in their life. But I'm, I want to be a part of a church where we know God is with us. Can I get somebody to say amen in this place tonight? See, we need the gifts of the Holy Spirit in the local church. The band is making their way up. See, we don't just need the gifts. We need all of the gifts. We need all the gifts in operation in the church. Now listen, I understand in our 
in our tradition as assemblies of God and Pentecostal, we like to lean a lot and real heavily on this, what we talked about tonight, the gift of tongues and interpretation while, while leaving words of knowledge and the gift of faith and the gift of healing maybe to the side and not get as much spotlight as the other gifts. We don't need just one or two. We need all of them. Because we don't want just one piece of God. We want to see the whole nature of who God is. We want all that he has for us. See, the church will only see the gifts in operation if I operate in the gifts that God has given me. Our church will only be Pentecostal if we are as individuals. I want to encourage you tonight. In the next moments, allow the Holy Spirit just to begin to awaken your heart. Let's close our eyes. As we're closing our eyes, just, just you and God, you and the Holy Spirit right now. Holy Spirit, We've been talking about the gifts, reading what your word says about the gifts of the Spirit. And Lord, we make room, as that song said, we make room for you to move. We make room for the gifts to operate. And Lord, in our lives, as individuals, let us be Pentecostal as individuals. And let that God just leak over into our church. I pray tonight, Holy Spirit, you awaken our hearts. If there's anybody, God, that's allowed the gifts to be dormant in their life, I pray, God, that you awaken them in their spirit tonight. I pray if there's anybody, God, that's struggling with, with just taking the step of faith to operate in the gifts, God, whether it be just giving a word to somebody at work or, or God, just, just telling somebody what you think about them, Lord, I pray that, that boldness, God, just to take that take that step would be theirs we welcome you Holy Spirit